This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. In Luke's Gospel and Pastor's newest message entitled, Chasing After Jesus, we'll meet not only a thief and a liar, but a traitor to his people too, a despised little man named Zacchaeus. Publicly in deep sin, Zacchaeus had only heard about Jesus. He was, at best, simply curious. Before meeting Jesus, he wasn't sorry for his sin, wasn't looking for forgiveness, wasn't looking for spiritual guidance. While certainly not chasing after Jesus, Zacchaeus was, however, persistent, wanting to know more. But, in spirit, Jesus knew Zacchaeus well, and already had a righteous plan for even this sinner's life, including confession, godly sorrow, repentance, and restitution. How his life changed will astound you. At the conclusion of these two amazing days, you'll witness Scripture come alive and more fully understand why Jesus never looks at where we've been, but rather where we are going. So, are you chasing after Jesus or just curious? I want to talk about a man tonight named Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus. Um, It's pronounced different ways, but um, about a man that had an encounter with Jesus. And he's a pretty interesting character or person from the Bible. And I think we can learn some lessons from uh, Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus. And let's go over to the very first um, verse of chapter 19. Because he was a pretty interesting individual. And it says here, it says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Well, the very first thing we we have to learn or we have to understand about this this gentleman, Zacchaeus, is that he was a tax collector, and he was not only a tax collector, but he was a chief tax collector. The tax collector in the day of Jesus, or in Roman times, was one of the most despised and hated people of all people. And the reason why is because the tax collectors were cheats. They were liars. They were thieves. Anybody know anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. Just look straight ahead. Thieves and cheats and scoundrels, and they overtaxed people, and they kept the the overage, and they did all kinds of illegal and ugly things, and they were the most despised people um, among the Roman citizens of that time. And it says that this man was this chief tax collector, and it says he was rich. He was probably rich because of the money that he had stolen from people. So he probably in, in that community where he lived, the people saw him and knew him and despised him, but they couldn't get away from him because he was backed up by the government. And the government put him out there to take the taxes, and he had no choice but to, to collect the taxes. 
or I should say they had no choice but to pay the taxes to the tax collector. And he just took whatever he wanted, skimmed off the top and cheated and stole. And he was a very, very rich man. And he was despised by the people. Um, a, a man like this is not a man that you would necessarily find or would, you know, would he would not want to find himself in a crowd of people um, unprotected. This is the kind of man that if some thugs or some angry people saw, you know, uh, an opportunity in a crowd to uh, drag him off somewhere in the back road somewhere and beat the snot out of him, um, they probably would. You have to get the under. You have to get the picture of how despised tax collectors were, and how uh, people really looked down upon them, and you know didn't fear them as much as just despise them. You know, so it says that this man uh, Zacchaeus was the chief, and he was very, very rich. And it says in verse three, and he sought to see who Jesus was. So uh, let's just read it through. But he could not because of the crowd, for he was short of stature. Well, this man Zacchaeus finds himself in a crowd of people among the seekers of Jesus. One of the things that amazes me about this story is that this man um, had every kind of reason not to be in this crowd of people because of who he was. But there was something that was working in him that overrode that obstacle in his life and uh, caused him to be in this crowd seeking Jesus with all, with all of those who were likewise seeking Jesus. Let us not ever think that God is not watching the level of passion in our lives. Let us not ever think for a minute that God is not looking to the, you know, to the things we are seeking. What are we seeking? When we seek God, everything is pointed towards us. You know, Jesus looked above the entire crowd that was around. It doesn't, it doesn't say that anybody else got any attention that day except this man who rose, who, who overcame obstacles and rose above the crowd. And this is the one who got Jesus' attention. This is the one to whom Jesus said, we're going to your house today. I have a word from, for you today. So verse 6 says, so he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. He, he received Jesus joyfully. But when they sought, of course, here go the religious people. All the ones that just wanted to be recognized were just there because it was probably the place to be. It was probably the thing to do because, you know, this was the, uh, you know, the, I don't know, some, you can call it whatever you want, but, but this was the group to be in and, and this was the place to be. And all the religious ones started to get upset. Well, well, because you see, they, they knew what a wicked man this man Zacchaeus was. But this teaches me something. Jesus doesn't deny anyone. Jesus does not look at your sins. He doesn't look at where you've come from. He looks at where you're going. He looks, at the, he looks at your heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks to the heart. That's why you and I can never judge a person. You say, oh, look at that one. You know, you know, where they, you know what they used to do or what they were involved in, and now they're sitting in church with their hands raised up. You, listen, don't you ever judge anybody. Don't you ever pass condemnation or condemn someone uh, uh, for who they used to be or what they used to do. If any man be in Christ, he is a brand new creation. The old is gone, a new has come. Jesus didn't look, see, uh, so many of us have this religious idea of Jesus. And, 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 and if, if, if Jesus was this religious idea that we have in our brains, 
then he would have probably said to Zacchaeus, listen, go repent and make everything right with all of the people that you, you know, did all these things and then come back to me and we'll have a talk about it. No, he said, come as you are, Zacchaeus. Not, not, not even, listen, not even come, come, come with me, come to my house. Jesus, I'm going to your house. I'm going to your house. And, and it says it, it, the people around there saw it. They all began to complain, saying, he has gone to, to be a guest with the man who is a sinner. Yeah, come on. Listen, I know some Christians that are like this. I mean, you know, they don't, they don't I mean, give me a break. What are we supposed to be doing? You were supposed to bring the sinners and the lost ones and the hurting ones in. We're supposed to be befriending them and, and, and extending a lifeline to them to help them. What are we supposed to be doing? Just be this little inward club with one another? Uh, you know, I mean, and listen, people are going to come the way they're going to come. They're going to come with bad language. They're going to come with ugly, you know, with dirty clothes. They're going to come with, 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 you know, sin in their life. They may be living together. They may be, you know, doing other kinds of things. What are we going to do? Reject them and say, go get cleaned up. And then you can come back to our church. No, Jesus accepted him just the way he was. Listen, you know, I don't know about you, but that speaks to me. Jesus accepts me just the way I am. I don't have to be some sort of holy, you know, thing. I, I, you know, Jesus accepts me for, because he sees my heart. He sees that my heart is pointed towards him. Man's always going to look at the outward appearance. Man's always going to look to the flesh. Thank God that the Lord looks to the heart. Come on, put your hands together and give him praise and glory. That's why, that's why I say, you know, don't condemn yourself. Sometimes, you know, we don't always measure up and we mess up or we make a mistake. Now, I'm not giving you a license to sin and tell you it's all right, go sin and have a good time. No, I'm saying we do our best. But when we mess up, if we have a heart that, that pricks us, if we feel lousy, if we feel convicted, then we're okay with God. And, and that's what God sees is that conviction in your heart. He's not looking at the activity of your life. He's looking at the conviction of your heart. There's still hope for you as long as your heart is convicted. Now, play with sin long enough. Dance around with it long enough. Get up to the edge of it long enough. And eventually your heart will become so numb that you will not feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit anymore. But as long as your heart grieves you. That's what Jesus was looking at in this man. He wasn't looking about everybody he stole from. I know Christians won't, you know, won't have anything to do with certain people. And this goes on in the body of Christ. This goes on in the body of Christ. Well, you, I don't want to be seen with that one. You know, this one was involved in this or that one was involved in that or that one was a drug addict. This one, you know, was a prostitute or this one was something. Give me a break. We're supposed to be accepting all people. And this, this teaches me that Jesus wasn't looking at all his sin. He was looking at the conviction that was going on in his heart. He said, come on, Zacchaeus, we're going to your house today. But the religious people complained. Religious people always complain. I one time some, some years ago when, when uh, we were, you know, in the early days, we started collecting all kinds of people, you know, and they were coming just as they are. And I remember one man came to me and he said, Pastor, we're, my wife and I are leaving the church. I said, oh, okay, why? Can you tell me why? He said, well, I just don't like the kind of people that you're attracting here. <laughs> Duh, what are you talking about? 
What do you mean you don't like the kind of What do you mean the kind of people? Well, you have forgotten from where you've come from, brother. Did you come in all clean and pure? No, you came in a dirty, filthy sinner, and I know your sins because you told me about them. <laughs> what did you forget? You know, sometimes we get so, you know, we get so religious, our nose is up in the air, and we, we don't, we don't, you know. I mean, come on, give me a break. How are we going to get anybody saved if we don't rub elbows with sinners? How are we going to get anybody saved if we don't go out in the world and where the sinners are and get them if we just live this cloistered, sheltered life in a bubble, you know? How we, how, Jesus wasn't looking at the man's sin. He was looking at his heart. Something was going on. So he made haste and went down. They saw it. They all complained, saying, he's going home to be with the guests of the sinner, blah, 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 blah. I'm sick and tired of hearing the religious people with their mouths. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, now here, this, this is the beauty. Lord, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. Oh, do you see, do you see the work of the Holy Ghost here? When someone comes in contact with the, with the Lord, their life changes. Here's this man who has despised a thief, a cheat, and got really rich on it. And he said, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. You know what that says to me? Repentance. This man had something that the Bible calls godly sorrow on his life. And it was just a, just a brief meeting with Jesus that brought this godly sorrow. We try so hard to get people saved. I'm a firm believer that, you know, getting them in the presence of God, getting them into, into church and into the presence of God is all you need to do. And the convicting power of the Holy Ghost will get on them. And just as it did on this man, when he got into the presence of Jesus, this man bows before the Lord with a heart of repentance because just in one flash of a moment of time, all his ugliness was revealed to him. And he knew exactly what he had been doing all this time was so wrong and so ungodly and so unholy because he got in the presence of God. Let me tell you, when you get in the presence of God, when you get the sinners in the presence of God, lives are going to be transformed and changed forever. You can't convince a man like this with words. Only the work of the Holy Spirit. So he says, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'll, I'll restore it fourfold. I'm making that commitment right now. Godly sorrow. I gave you that verse before. Told you, put your finger there. Second Corinthians 7.10. You can just write it down. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Now, now, now I want to finish this up. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Just keep that in mind. Go over to the book of Acts to that verse that I showed you, uh, I told you, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. And Peter and John, uh, Peter gets up and he preaches to this group of people and he says in verse 19, he says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Godly sorrow works repentance repentance brings on the presence of the Lord, which in turn brings on a refreshing from the Lord. 
In the book of James chapter 5, it says, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. Listen, this man repented before the Lord and Jesus blessed him. Jesus met with him. When we repent in our own lives, repentance, godly sorrow works repentance and repentance brings us into the presence of the Lord and the presence of the Lord brings on a refreshing. This man was refreshed because he had godly sorrow working to the point of repentance and the repentance brought him into the presence of the, of the Lord and the presence of the Lord gave him a brand new life. In the book of James where it says, confess your faults one to another and you will be healed, it's the same process. Repentance always brings on the blessing of God. Godly sorrow. This man had, had godly sorrow for what he had done. And he said to the Lord, I'll make good. Not because anyone coerced him into it, because he came in contact with the king of glory. Oh, gosh. I... Are you getting my drift tonight? Are you following me? But as it relates to us, as we get into the presence of God, if we bear anything in our lives that is unholy, any sin in our lives that, that, that you know just makes you feel lousy and really keeps you from the presence of God, then we need to confess those things. Repent of them. Repent means to turn around and go in the opposite direction. Repent means... You know, to have a mind to not do it again. Repent means that I'm so awfully sorry for this thing and it grieves my heart that, Lord, I repent. I I repent, Jesus. I turn from it and I run. Repentance, godly sorrow works repentance. One of the the things that's missing in the world today is, is godly sorrow. In other words... You know, there used to be a prayer that we used to pray in the Catholic Church, and I don't remember the whole prayer, but I just, I think it was called the Act of Contrition. I'm not sure, but it was one, one verse in there, and I love that verse because it says, Lord, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee. And you know, sometimes we can become so charismatic and so Pentecostal and so word and so faithy and so mouthy that we forget that sometimes our actions can be offensive to God. But when we do offend God with our actions and we know that we've offended him with our actions, I learned something from these verse, this verse that we, when, when we turn from it and we repent, when we turn from it and repent, that brings us into the fullness of God's presence and in that presence comes the refreshing. I, I, I know this for a fact that even in, in a body of believers, even in a body of believers, if if you, now, now I've, got to, I've got to say this very carefully. If the pastor uh, of, a, of a church does not preach this kind of message where people are brought back to the remembrance of how important it is to stay clean before the Lord and to repent of our sins and, and to have godly sorrow operating in our lives, Because that godly sorrow is what works that repentance, that desire to want to turn away from it with everything we have. When when that's absent, what happens is that sin will abound in that church. And when sin is just let you know allowed to just fester and go without being addressed and pointed by the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God, 
then we're not going to have the hope of being in the presence of the Lord or have the presence of God, i.e. the anointing of God, and that anointing is what brings in the refreshing from God. How many of you here last Thursday night when, when, when I preached and, and then we, we all came seeking, we all came hungry, we all came to the altar of God and, and the Holy Ghost poured out upon us and we were here to almost a quarter to ten just worshiping God. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. And repentance brings on the presence of the, the anointing of God. And the anointing of God brings on the refreshing from heaven. Amen. That's, why, that's why we have to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us when we need to be convicted. And we shouldn't be afraid of messages like this. We should, we should say, Lord, bring them on. Amen. Bring them on, Lord. Bring them on. Correct me. Fix me. Help me. Convict me. Do whatever. Amen. See, because we understand one thing, that God will never condemn us. He will convict us, but he will never. And, and, and you see, this whole transaction that took, took place between the Lord and Zacchaeus, the Lord didn't even have to say anything. Just his presence. Because the man's heart was in the right place. It had been in the wrong place all his life, but his heart got in the right place. It started to move in this direction towards God. And when his heart got in the right place, he, Jesus didn't even have to say a word to him. He on his own said, Lord, basically, I am sorry for everything that I've, I will pay it back. I will, I will do all these things and make it right. Glory to God. And, and in that verse, in verse 8, he says, the case said, stood and he said, Lord, I've given half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything by anyone by a fall, I mean, this is restoration. This, this is restoration and healing. This life is now, this, this life is now on, on, the, on, the, on the mend. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. And verse 10 says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Glory to God. So, so I learned a couple things here. Uh, just to recap real quick. We've got to watch the obstacles in our lives. Well, first of all, anyone and everyone can come to Jesus. You can never do anything so bad in your life that Jesus will not accept you. And the fact that you do turn to Jesus is heart evidence, heart evidence that you, are, you have that godly sorrow working in your life. We can't allow any obstacle to stand in our way, the excuses of life that keep us from Jesus. When that hunger and that passion for the Lord is at an all-time high and stays at a high level, then we could be assured that we're going to hear the voice of God clearly and it's going to call out to us just like he called out to Zacchaeus. And number three is that when we seek to live a life of repentance, then we can have the assurity or the assurance that we are going to live in the presence and the refreshing of God. The anointing of God will be with you. The anointing of God will be on you and the refreshing of God will be there as well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap. Well, that's my little story about Zacchaeus. 
I just, I just love that character because it gives me such, such hope. Look at, look at what Jesus went after. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC radio ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.